You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We've got the kiln fired up. We've got the furnace prepped. We're about to unsheath the laser fire of Tyra. Yes, Rizcha de Raisa is coming your way. But first, if you own a retail business and accept credit cards, your customers are getting points, miles, and all sorts of rewards every time they use their card. And you're paying the price. That's why NRS Pay, a product of National Retail Solutions, a division of the IDT Corporation, offers its cash discount program, FeeBuster. You can start accepting credit cards for free. If your business processes over $18,000 a month, you pay no monthly fee and $0 out of your pocket for transaction. This means you, as a retailer, can enjoy the benefits of accepting plastic, and your customers still get those crucial miles they crave and need. NRS Pay FeeBuster provides every client with a free credit card reader with no long-term contract, no early termination fee, cancel anytime without a penalty. I'm personally familiar with this company, and they truly stand by their product, and they'll help you with live, stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Visit nrspay.com or call 833-289-2767 to learn more about NRS Pay and the fantastically fair fee buster. If it's Mitzvah Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizchol Daraisa. I'm here with Yisuf Gavriel Bechofer. We're waiting for other, we're waiting for the Simcha that comes this week. And But as we know, Florida is a very important state in terms of its, uh, uh, in terms of how it determines the next president. The electoral college votes there are always crucial. We'll always remember the hanging chads. And right now, Florida sports the perhaps the only possible savior for the Republican Party uh, to fend off Donald J. Trump, and that is the governor Ron DeSantis. Ron, uh, and I don't know the ins and outs of how he maneuvers in the Florida legislature. But Ron is making headlines uh, along with the Florida legislature for laws that have been, I believe, passed already that outlaw the teaching in public schools of intersectionality, of critical race theory, of a number of uh, woke principles uh, that and there has been a pushback, a blowback uh, that Rabbi Bechafer has uh, signaled to me that says this is once again the uh, the 1933 uh, German Republic. Uh, there's book burnings going on. Uh, Rabbi Bechafer wants to add his voice in outrage to what's happened. Well, I just want to read a little bit from Florida Stop Woke Act. A quote, a person by ver- a, a, a per- concepts that suggest that a person, by virtue of his or her race, color, sex, or national origin, bears personal responsibility for and must feel guilt, anguish, other forms of psychological distress because of actions in which the person played no part, committed in the past by other members of the same race, color, or national origin, or sex, are banned from being taught, which, of course, would ban the teaching of significant parts of the Torah including things about Amolek, talking about Ador, Amon and Moab, uh, Mitzrim and Ebrahim, because we have this uh, uh, long tradition of understanding that events in the past have manifestations on the future for many, many 
if not thousands of generations. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. of course, and where, where, where do we get that from exactly? Where do we get it from? The Tayrak Right. But can we sort of now adopt our own Mechias uh, Amalek? What? We should be stupid? We're not, allowed, we're not able to understand the lesson of the Torah and apply it? Yes. Of course. Uh, okay. And we know we applied it very well. Most was applied to Spain or to Germany, to these countries, which uh, for persons in the past, according to the Ron DeSantis, we should forget 1492 and 1933, because those people are gone. And the new people should bear no responsibility and feel no embarrassment for the deeds of their forefathers. Right, um, must feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress. Um, it's one thing to say to remember how terrible your grandparents were, to terrible how your your ancestors were. It's another thing to say that you are terrible, right? Doesn't say that you feel terrible. There's anguish. You feel bad. Other forms of psychological distress. They must feel guilt because of their actions. We have to feel guilty because of the actions of our ancestors. Right. That is what... That's what we say every time. Absolutely, we say every time. Ava nachnu, go on. Ava nachnu. Yavaseinu chotonu. Zuk de Rambam and Ilchis Taimis that the pshad in that is because we continue to do the same things. Okay. Because their actions are like... So now we have to be... What we have to do every time is do... Hey, repeat. Your father sinned. They were in general. Are Let's you? See, are you? Are same? you continuing this? And that requires it being taught. You can't say, "Don't teach it," and you'll figure out. And, uh, Wait, it. this isn't being taught. What's being taught? And again, I don't have the, the. I don't have. I don't have uh, Teshi coats or the sixteen nineteen project. We inspired. Uh, materials, but but I do have have heard, and I heard it recently um, in 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 the uh, after the attack and the terrible brutal killing in Memphis, that even though these were black officers that engaged in the killing of that the innocent person, they were also in a way an a, a, a aspect. Of white privilege and white guilt. It may well be. Honestly, might well be. Okay. So therefore, we are supposed to, instead of recognizing the difficulties of police work and how terrible it must be, and maybe disbanding that scorpion, uh, the scorpion unit in Memphis. What what the white readers need to read, according to the Black Lives Matter is that don't think you're off the hook here because this was black on black violence because you're responsible for it. Now, this, we I, all... I'm not sure. Why are you so, why are you so astounded at this? Why are you so astounded? astounded? There many, there many, there many countries have produced whistlings. Wait, 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 wait. Before you tap dance out of this. Oh, no, Toyota... I'm attacking that. No tap dancing. This is a, a frontal assault on you. Not maybe I should, maybe I can't have used tap dancing because tap dancing was a, a, a style of dance that was perfected by black slaves, along with the influence of the Irish and the blacks who came together. So maybe I shouldn't even use tap dancing, but I will right, use it. Sure. Okay. So here's okay. the point: the Torah writes that you have to remember the Maisa Molik. Yes, and the Torah does say that we 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 are Marchik Amunumoyev. Yes. But it's all Xeris Akosa from the Tayyar Alain. Do we understand? What are you, stupid brisker? You can't learn anything from the Tayyar Alain, only what the Tayyar says. Okay. I, I don't know if I'm going to be a brisker. You don't believe what you're saying for a minute. You're just trying to, uh, uh, 
You're over eight, sis. You don't have a response. Over eight, sis. You, That's you, a baby thing. <laughs> look, you, you can pile on the invectives. You can use your... I just did. Uh, you, 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 whatever types of put-downs you want. I did. You can call me. You call me. But, Rabbi Yosef, is, you cannot say the same way the Torah tells us that we have to harbor sinner against the Of course we can. We say the same thing about Spain. We say the same thing about Rome. What is You think Chachamim decided, oh, you know, we're going to call uh, uh, the, the Romans, we're going to be resent them because uh, they it. Okay, so one second. You, it's the same, it's uh, a lesson. It's the same okay, about for, Rome. Le, okay, you about, want, let's about talk. Spain. Let's for okay. You want to talk about the Xera, the Cherem of going back to Spain, and the similar type of Takona about Germany? We'll talk about that in a minute. But let's first talk about the 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 mitzvahs atayra. The mitzvahs atayra do not say that we need to, in in some ways, inspire the people of Ammon and Moyav to feel guilty about what their ancestors did and feel that they are still doing the same thing. No, that's not true. There's nothing like that at all. We don't necessarily take them in and marry them, but we have to understand that one of their own, one of their own Zera becomes the Makar of 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 Shiroi's Vitishbokis, Imoshel Malchus Halein. Okay? So Ella, what it's the Scharim. How are we supposed to understand that? based on science and, uh, and psychology. It I'll doesn't make sense. Wait a minute. It doesn't make sense. Nor was And that was the Machlekes in the Bezdin by Shol and by the Bezdin even before that, that this is Azoi Dafman Paskinen. So you you have the temerity, the Narishkeit, the complete total arrogance and idiocy to say, <laughs> oh yeah, let's let's be Madame of that. What about I, all I the I don't say before, not, I lost your point. So, I so, understand it. Okay, so you know what? Maybe all uh, since the men were why is the Torah tells us our barshlo king of Hemalakwamite? not to teach us that you have to remember that who were the worst who were the worst slave masters they were men right the women were sitting there in their pampered dresses and their and their hoop skirts just waiting for stuff but they weren't the ones that were pushing things scarlet o'hara right they were they were just sitting there waiting around so maybe maybe it should only be the men maybe if we take i don't understand what you're saying why is it relevant i'll tell because you want to say oh we're going to be madama from the tyra but the tyra only says that we have to be soine the men, not the women. And the women right. we're not supposed to make feel bad. And we can't be Mitzar those. And all the people who are Mitzar Rus... Listen! All the people that were Mitzar Rus were over I know Dvarim and Boyaz the Godel Ador stood up for them. Now, let's now say like this. So if you're right... If you're right, then we're yeah. going to use this as a dimion. So yeah. how about the women? Should they not feel guilty? Maybe they shouldn't. Well, it doesn't make, you're right. It doesn't make sense because they are the descendants of those men. Just like we, just like our white women are descendants of those slaveholders in Virginia who use their whips against the backs of the black slaves. Right. They're not going to say that. The Torah is Xeris Akosov with its own Hanhogas, with its own Gedorim. And there's no here for us to inspire the people of that nation to feel bad about it. They can't be part of us. We're not supposed to drop I mean, leaflets. We're forever. not, spo- we're not <laughs> supposed to go into helicopters and drop leaflets about how terrible you are. They, or, they know or when they knock on our door. They're going to say, too bad. I, I'm saying that you're totally off the mark. Again, trying to connect the, the psukim in the Torah and the Hanhogas in the Torah to what to the woke theology. Look, 
I think it's. I'm still. You I'm want still, you 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 think it you you think it's richtig that your kids in Florida should learn about how all of them are guilty of racism, though they don't really realize it. That basically you want your seven or eight year old grandchildren that you love so much to walk around thinking that it's in a way they can't help but have a negative, terrible feeling, and they needed to, they needed to eradicate it from their mind. And instead of looking at 1776 as the founding of the country in Lexington and Concord, we have to go back to the slave trade and we have to see how America was built totally on slavery instead of having a, a, a more kaleidoscope version. That's right? not what they don't want. No, they don't want a kaleidoscope. They want to black out certain parts of the kaleidoscope. No, no, they want... Yes, they do. Ah, you're not allowed to teach these things. Even if even the part which is if anything, in essence, they're being exactly that their opponent. They're saying if something you teach will trigger one of your white students to feel guilty, no triggers, no microaggressions towards the white students. I, look, let's take a look at the textbooks, which we haven't seen. I'm sure they make note of the terrible uh, sin of slavery. Nobody is saying that they're going to pass out Klansmen uh, uh, masks for the kids in the class, and they're supposed to have National Klan Day. They are definitely going to decry the the ugliness of slavery, how terrible it was, and they're going to talk about how, thank God, we left it in the dust and we are beyond it. Instead of saying we're still there, instead well, of saying, if we are, if, if we are, are, either we are, or are still there. Either blacks are suffering, not suffering. Even if, so what do you mean if? What do you mean if? Wait, 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 wait. It is legitimate perspective to say, and I hope, I believe it's true, that blacks are still suffering from the effects of racism to today. I don't think racism has gone from this country in a way which has been eliminated. I don't know if you, I don't know why you would think that way. I'm sure you don't. I do not. Of course I don't. Okay. But so I don't think, I don't think that the way to so fight it. You don't have to say that though. Not but, to say that because. Uh, no, uh, they uh, can uh, still say there's racism. They're just trying to say that no, you. No, they can't. They can't say racism because they say racism would make people feel guilty. No, no, they can't say they can't say that there's this intersectionality that makes it impossible. The intersectionality actually, to a certain extent, makes sense. Although it's, I, I'm not not as uh, um, annoyed by uh, the banning of intersectionality, but it's true that. But, but what it there does are is... women, women. Uh, let, let's take a Jewish uh, example. There are women who are oppressed in Judaism because they're women. And we're oppressed Judaism because they are a part of Hasidish communities. That makes that intersectionality. Right. Okay. That's true. Oh, is it not true? Okay. Yes. But here's but here's the so thing. It's also the MS. It happens. Yeah. We don't see that. But here's the thing. When you teach that you Wait, by the way, we're victims of intersectionality too. We're two oddballs, right? Who are don't come from the right families, and therefore we're being doubly oppressed. Yes. Okay. You know, you can wallow in it and say there's no way you can rise above. Part of what intersectionality. You have to get us. That's why. <laughs> intersectionality and, and, and the, <laughs> what, what it does, it means that people need to know that if you're from this group, you are have so much against you. And you know what? It's no. It, it's maybe you have double. Uh-uh. I know you have you have double against you. I get right. it. Okay. When when I was growing up, and when you were growing up, what we heard was, and I heard this in the Deep South, 
the message was America was a place of opportunity, of possibility. And if you work hard. Now, obviously, a person who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth works less hard than someone who doesn't. But we were inspired by the Horatio Alger stories. We were inspired by these things. That didn't mean we thought we all started at the same spot. But what we were told was how hard work, how the possibilities were there. Our parents at least mine, who came from Russia and Poland, places where that was a total farce, loved the country and realized that. Yes, my dad had to work super hard to be able to get a foothold to become a landowner and own property and be able to, right? He was dismissed by Southern rednecks who obviously uh, in some ways perhaps ridiculed him, but that didn't stop him. And therefore, his achievement is that much more. But I was not raised to hate or to feel that the people around me were, were, were infected by a bigotry that could not be overcome. What I was raised with is that... Oh, that's not true. Do not think. You know that in our from communities where we were raised, I'm sure more of yours, because yours was a more different community than mine, less modern, less open, the, 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 there was intense racism. You know that. I'm talking about my secular teachers. I'm not talking okay, about what you my... know our community suffers immensely. Okay, I, right. I am talking about what, what I was taught in my secular studies classes, the textbooks that I read, because none of this is Nogea private schools. This whole, whatever you, whatever this legislation is called, is about the public schools. In the private schools, who knows what's going on, right? So therefore, the schooling that I had from the state of Tennessee was a, 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 a was a schooling that admitted to the evils of slavery, the ugliness of the Civil War, but also the possibilities of striving, developing. And many of us saw in the 1970s, although there was a way, a tremendous amount to go, we saw tremendous advancements. And I and, and here's what I think, and many people have said it. I'm not being mechadish, but these the 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 laws that they're trying to fight, the attitudes they're trying to fight are, are in many ways crippling the ones they're supposedly trying to help. Because if you believe that there's no way you can overcome and that you're dealing with a white person who's always going to see you as the other and as the enemy, and there's no way you can come to understanding, that is going to cause... But you're saying, you know what you're saying? What you're saying, what you're saying is tantamount to saying for Jeff Bezos and uh, to tell his employees, you know, go read Horatio Alger stories. You know, Jeff Bezos should not be the one telling his employees to do that. He should be the one who's empathetic with them and say, you know what, you, you can't, you'll never get to where I am. Let's help you out where you are. That's what you, I can't, I, I, yes, maybe the black, uh, maybe blacks or Hispanics or Jews or anybody should read more Horatio Alger type stories. But that's a separate thing than what empathy other people have to have, to have for them. The two different things. When, when the the question is who has the mantle of victimhood, and the sixteen nineteen project and others like it say that this is a, a a we have victimized these people and they are still victims. And although we have no connection to slavery, we are living in a world that was given to us by slavery, and therefore we need to recognize that and realize that's it. That's true. I remember, I have no idea what 1692 Project says, but is that not okay, true? Okay, well, when you read one article in The Guardian, that's all you know. That's what right. you're going to end up I, I, right. so I have no idea. 
So therefore, okay. I'm not going to tell you. Until the 1619 Project wants people to realize that the real beginning. Well, it's Zemis. It's an element. I mean, first of all, again, the, I'm not going to go debunk all the historical errors in the 1619 Project. Because you know, what, what, not it's not that I'm not capable. It's that I'm not, not Okay, my my point is is that elementary school students do not have to walk around with a burden of guilt. And what it does, it means when you have a when you have a, a class that is full of black children and white children, what they're being taught already creates a divide and separates them. This is not rednecks. These aren't people that hate blacks. What they are looking for is a atmosphere in class. So let me ask you. If we, tell, we teach, teach them about, which nobody teaches, because I know almost nobody knows, and uh, um, I think in the, in the Jewish school, probably second school, about the Tulsa massacre, right? Is that going to make people feel guilty or not? Should they need to we? know about the Tulsa massacre. They need to know about okay, the Okay, so they need to know about the Tulsa massacre. Yes. Okay. Right. But so, the question is, wait, even if, it, even if it's going to cause them to feel guilty. Everything is age appropriate. All right. Seventh, fifth graders do not have to learn about the gas chambers in Bergen-Belsen. They don't have to see images of those. OK, bodies. so we're agreeing that eighth graders should learn all these things. You, you're an eighth grade teacher. Right. You, you tell yeah, me. I right? do. Like OK, yeah. that's right. So yeah. once children are at a certain age in a, in a certain structure, yes, they okay. should know about what happened in, in Tulsa, I think in the Greenwood section, I think it was called, where the whites came and basically slaughtered the the, the blacks for some ridiculous reason, which 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 had no basis in fact. Yes. And they need to know about the, the lynchings in Mississippi. They need to know about Emmett Till. They need to know about these things. Yes, but, but the Stop Woke Act, is, I believe, is K, for, K through 12. I don't think it says age appropriate is okay. I think it just bans it outright. And look, you know what? Let, let me re- reiterate a point that I made to you when we talked about some of the anti-abortion laws. If a state, through its elected officials, passes a law, then you've got to live with it. Okay. And 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 and, and to to ra- people who do not live in that state to to start protesting and lambasting and using public media and late night talk shows and newspapers. <laughs> Hitler passed laws too. They were there and he was Violated. I don't know. I'm not I can't do anything about So that. leave them right. alone. They elected it. it. No. You don't have to live in Florida. That's what we're doing. What am I thinking about say, We have to say that this is vicious. We have to say that this is wrong and we have to say that this is something which is against the Torah. Except you say it's against custom so we can't learn anything else from it. It's definitely not against the Torah. But it's not against the Torah. <laughs> the Torah talks about the greatest gift of human beings. You remember what people did wrong. And the Torah says give them a pass. The t- and Chazal and all, uh, uh, you know, even we say it's figurative, let's assume that it is. That means there's well, nothing there, nothing yeah. there about so, hating. We, we say we didn't see Avrachim because it's partial scrolling. Mm-hmm. But Avraham, they were grabbing. Uh, no, there's nothing there about. There's nothing there about the descendants of those crusaders. What about the descendants? The the descendants of those crusaders aren't meant to be. We're not supposed to harbor that type of sinner towards them. Okay, we hate what they did, and we recognize how we were persecuted. 
and we should be on guard. But that doesn't mean that we would want them to feel the sense of overwhelming guilt of what- Of course we do. Of course we do. We want, you know, so many people today- We want to make sure it doesn't- Many from from people say, and I don't agree with this, but I'm just giving you as a marshal, that Ukrainians deserve deserve what they, you from sure you've heard this, Ukrainians deserve what they got, that they get, because in World War II, the Ukrainians were worse than the Nazis. Okay, so my solicitor, I don't agree with that. Do you? No, but the point is like this. I'm just Why not? Collective memory. Why not? Those people. They, we, hold the, we hold the collective memory, and that's why they can't even have such a habit to think that. I don't think well, it's right. We are very happy that the attitude in Ukraine, maybe because of Zelensky and others, and maybe because of the Kirov work that Chabad did and others, has now eliminated, if not right. <laughs> that type of overwhelming right. feeling. And it's good. And, and therefore, in America, as you can see, by the most, some of the most, again, to say that the average American kid, whether he's from San Diego, Houston, Kansas City, Paducah, walks around with, with white hatred and a sense of, 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 of feeling that-, that uh, No, he doesn't. He has, but he has to have a sense of empathy and a sense of- uh, You'll get it. You'll get it and he has it. And, they, and he's already had it. But to force him to say, you realize that without you think that you're okay, you're not okay. Kids don't need you to. Know, hear. That's you have to say to people. That's how you say to people. You don't think you say not okay. You say that you have to be careful that this doesn't happen. That's something totally different. But that's how what he say. He say they can't come any sense of anguish. If you think if you tell a person that you, you want to make sure it doesn't happen again, he can feel anguish. We don't necessarily have a, a handle on quotes from the woke textbooks or from the new the new textbooks so we don't really know but i will say that the idea of 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 trying to have a more balanced uh, approach and this is not a balanced approach they are supposed to feel that hey man you can't get it because you are white what we want again what this does means we're never going to move beyond black and white polarities and that's what obviously the terror wants Right, right, like Martin Luther King himself said, right, it won't make a difference, not by the color of your skin. What this does is entrenches the idea of the color of your skin, and that doesn't need to be entrenched. And you're right, there needs to be mea culpas, and the mea culpas need to be studied, but that doesn't mean that the kid needs to feel that. And in the tire, it's not that way either, it's not that way either. And again, all the gay rate Zedek who have come from those countries, from those Christian, terrible countries, that there hasn't been. What the gay rate Sedek from Germany need to feel that? The people who are descendants of the Polish, uh, the Polish uh, helpers who helped usher people in the gas chambers need to, uh, they need to, the macabre upon themselves con- consistently, or maybe because they become gay rim, it's Andish, all right? Your, your whole tire is totally wrong because we, we don't let gay happen. Maybe we should let gay happen. And if gay happens for Amon Amoyev, so that automatically is Mavato, this type of, uh, 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 what it doesn't, no? So if it doesn't, so why in Germany? And what about all the, the people who are descendants of the Spanish Inquisition? So, so now let's talk about your other thing. Why is it that we have appropriated this idea of not returning to Spain and not returning to Germany. You wrote an article about it, I think probably about 35 years ago or 40 years ago, I think. So I you could probably had. you could probably dig it out while I'm talking about it. I'm sure you have it on your on your computer. Right, so, so there's nothing official. It's just the night in the late 60s, early 70s formed a partnership. And therefore 
Opal, the Opal Cadet, was a car my father bought for my brother. It was the car I learned to drive in. And uh, eventually... Is this Opal? The Opal. And Opal was a German car. It was, it was, it was made by Buick. And my father thought it was a Buick because it was Opal Cadet by Buick. And my father loved Buicks. Buick was, <laughs> he loved the Buick. That was like the great American car. Many Yeaton had Buicks. Oldsmobiles was a little bit of a higher darga than Buick. Buick was a little bit higher than Chevrolet. But that's, that's where the Yeaton loved. They loved the Buicks. They were big, powerful cars. So when Opal made a car together with Buick, a small car that was cheap on gas, it was during a time that the gas prices were starting to rise incredibly, my father bought for my brother this Buick car. Now, I discovered when I looked into it <laughs> that this car was made in Germany and it was part of the German partnership that Buick had had with Opal. And, and I remember clearing, should I tell him I told him? And I remember the type of tsar he had. He didn't, he, of course, and he, he wouldn't speak Polish. He wouldn't go back to Poland. But you can't bring a raya from people like my father and others who were destroyed by that. And we have to have covet for them. But, and, and therefore, we owe it to, uh, to their chayim first to, yes, be maskim. But as the deiris recede, what do we gain intellectually uh, as, as as a community, very we have passed 160 years since the Emancipation Proclamation. Martin Luther King was correct. The check was written, but the money wasn't cashed. But since the march in Washington 60 years ago, I think we're coming up to its anniversary soon. Since the march in Washington 60 years ago, the change has been overwhelming. It's been incredible. What a, a right it has been you you can't compare in any way, shape, or form. And we're on a great, great path after electing a black president twice. So these so again, the only way these is using the model of Germany. Germany is extremely uh, as uh, as to the extent as possible to uh, Germany is a very pro, uh, extremely pro-Israel country. They may apply Israel with tremendous uh, uh, amounts of money and weaponry and all those types of things. And, uh, you know, it always uh, moves me when you see the famous picture of the Israeli flag being um, being uh, brought, uh, being uh, superimposed on, on the Brandenburg, Brandenburg Gate in, in Berlin. And I think that the only reason that that happens is because the Germans know that they have to work on themselves constantly in order to remind themselves not what they did wrong and what they have to fix in the future. And the moment people start reminding themselves of that, so then it becomes a danger that's going to happen again. It's true also about us in America. We have to constantly remind ourselves what we did wrong, and only then is the, are we not going to do it again. We have plenty of reminders, so, and, and, what, and, 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 and it's not even comparable, though. But the moment you start making certain reminders out of bounds, and there's no clear-cut definition between what are reminders which are out of bounds, stop, stop and reminders which are permitted okay, so then you're, you're, you're cowing teachers and others from presenting any kind of reminder. Uh, that's not the case, because until this... I mean, it's not the case. Because up until the time of the woke uh, typhoon, there were wonderful teachers teaching exactly in a way that was balanced, that, 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 were, that was positive, and that the kids did not feel the same. Look, the studies have shown it didn't come... It wasn't Yeshmei Ayan. Uh, yeah, look, 
you, uh, and, and let's also remember in terms of the Civil War, um, in terms of the antebellum South, there was a large section of the country that were abolitionists. There were states that were firmly against it. There is a, there is a, as opposed to the small voices that uh, rebelled against uh, the rise of Hitler in Germany, right? In, I don't think that matters because Lincoln, we, Lincoln we was a the ego that even if a small fighter with a dimion, oy vey, fighter with. Oh, I, I like to move things in Torah, unlike perhaps. Magala pon and betayr shalakalocha. You love, you love, you love these facile, unlearned sushtelen. You should be, you should be. I'm telling you, get a job. You know, you you complain about your position. The the somehow the woke. They need. They need Not their official. Wrong. They need their official role. Ego, a very few participated. That's only even the Arab rock. Oh God! Oh, it's I'm the Rabbeinu Shomu who is Megala to us. Oh God! Guilty, right? Oh, God. And especially those Shahaya Yadam who calls the Lomi. So therefore, oh, yes, there is a constant collective responsibility for the sins of a few. We have that. Look again. To, to uh-huh. You, uh-huh. The, Another example. Oh, many people died and I. Right. Also, the Derek Navua that Yeshua had to do the girl to figure out what was going on. But it's really the, to teach us a lesson. It's not just history. It teaches us that this is the way the world works. Yeah. Okay. I I, I want you to show me other Manhige Yisrael who used. Uh, we're going to now going to apply this, and it, for you to say that the metaphysical, the metaphysical damage. The, the, the metaphysical damage the Chena Eagle was poil, uh is based on the Yisrael's tremendous darga. Masha'ain Kane, as as much as whether Germany is a Molek or not a Molek, Lamaisa, yes, they is is another thing. But that that everybody in America who is benefiting from the slave labor is somehow part of the ultimate chet ha'egel. The, the, yeah. the, 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 Alcott over there in New England, uh, John Brown, all of them were all choyte. There was made. There were people that were writing against it. And were, but society, you're right. So though that, but society and, and, in general is responsible because there are many people who are not moichet. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's what Yecheska. I think Kush Bogle tells you Yecheska. If you make Mechorah to us, not Shkoyi Tzav. Right. But you, you, that doesn't matter. The, uh, look, you know, look, this, look, there but was... That everybody, there is a collective responsibility. And look. yes, we are, we are, the two of us are responsible for Orthodox society even things that we don't do wrong if we don't make Mechorahs again. Isn't that true? We make what we need to get listeners, so we have to make my calls. That's why we're here, right? We're here to, to make my calls. That's exactly what we're here for. Uh, well, we- look, I, I think you need a, a little more expansive understanding of the slave trade. You need to realize how wide it was, how it it's true. By the time the Civil War arose, England had already outlawed slavery, but there's a plenty of guilt in the slave trade of the enlightened Western countries as well as wide swaths of South America and many, many parts of Black Africa, where right. they were, right? Now... So, so, yeah, but that, I'm not responsible for them. What? I'm not responsible for them. Okay, but is is that going on in those countries? I don't know. Okay, all right. 
in, in Sierra Leone? Is, are, are the black children there being taught how terrible they were, how they persecuted their brethren? I don't know, but, so. they probably, but they're, I, they're probably not as big tzaddikim as we are in America. Okay, that's right. Okay. Um, let's talk about one other topic here. Dead in the terrible earthquake in Turkey. Um, let's, uh, let's applaud all the humanitarian steps that were taken. The, instead of looking at various groups, they all came biyachad. And Baruch Hashem, once again, the state of Israel, Hatzola, and all their other types of Mug and Adom, and all the other sorts of uh, units were sent out there, and they have found some survivors. It is a, a tragedy of massive proportions. Um, I, again, it happened close enough to Eretz Yisrael that it made people think um, but even if it would have happened somewhere that the closest Jew was 8,000 miles away, when things happen like this, when Re'odas Adoma, what should be our response? I have to give credit again to my friend Rabbi Yir Hoffman, who in his article uh, in the Five Towns Jewish News, reminds people about the Makairis of Chazal and uh, why earthquakes occur. Now, <laughs> as much as I love Rabbi Yir, I... I Unfortunately, although he does say that it's not mikra, that it's not just stam, the tectonic plates that are moving that sometimes happen, and there are certain fault lines, that we do have to see this as the koil Hashem, as the koil as a response. Um, a treatment, the treatment that Rabbi Hoffman gives it, of course, is an inspiration to look further. And if one does go to the Gemara in Brochus and Dafnuntes and sees the Gemara of Katina and Aviatamia, who is is this uh, soothsayer or this Rashi says a baloiv mamish? Uh, you can see there's a number of different rationales for zavos. Now again, Rabbeinu Yoyna, uh or the Talmud of Rabbeinu Yoyna, who wrote the Biur, seems to be strong. Seems to think strongly that it's not earthquakes, but it's actually huge typhoon-like winds that accompany strong rains. But it would seem that Gemara is an interesting mukar for um, where to look. The Gemara itself is very problematic because it seems to uh, uh, be guilty of uh, a number of anthropomorphic presentations about God. And obviously this is something when, like all Divrei Agoda needs to be understood. But I, I thank Rabbi Hoffman for sending me there and reminding me uh, you know, about, first of all, the Chuvas Hagoinim, of course, a, almost a contrast that Rav High wrote about understanding that piece of Gemara and what it's all about. What does it mean that God cries into the ocean? What does it mean that God is is moaning? What does it mean that God is kicking the underneath the Kisiyakovod? Obviously, what Rabbi Hoffman's point is, it's the Yad Hashem. And if it's the Yad Hashem, we have to think about what messages it holds. Um, before I tell you what this inspired me to, do you have any thoughts about this, oh great grand poobah? What do you say about about? Were you inspired? Did it mean anything to you? It means well. There are two two levels of which you understand it. What it means for the Turks and the Syrians, I can't tell you. Don't know what they're supposed to mean, and certainly it's not not my place to try and tell them. And that Gemara is uh, misinterpreted by many many people, including people like Rabbi Shmuel Elio and Rabbi Gershon Edelstein, in which they in this past um, tragedy which they obviously want to say that the people in Turkey or Syria died in order to give us a lesson. And um, that's, um, that's absurd. 
and, uh, on several levels. But I believe that the way to understand the Gemara is, is, is like uh, the, the Baal Shem Tev and the Chaim Balozhin has said that and that means just like Bishvil Chanina Bni means that, that in the Shvil of Chanina, my son, in other words, that the Tzinoiros of Shefra can come through Rabbi Chanina, right? So to the Tzinoiros of the Anhavas in the world in general come through Amisro. Therefore, if Amisro is functioning at the optimal level, then no earthquakes. If Amisro is not functioning at the optimal level, there are tragedies which come to the world. Because they're not prevented by our Abuddhist Hashem and our Tvekis and our So, therefore, we have to understand that if there are earthquakes and tsunamis, it's our fault to the extent that we are not serving a Kojmorku properly, not being Shem Shemai properly, to provide the protection from these phenomena. This doesn't address why the phenomena happen to these people, but uh, we have to understand that we should enhance our own Abuddhist Hashem in order to try and protect the world. Yeah, well, what I would just add to that is that there's Peronius everywhere. There is Peronius through all the all the continents, uh, things that don't get the type of news coverage. And part of it is because Turkey is close to the NATO alliance. It's close to Israel. We, we, we hear about it more. I'm sure that if we had our ears to the ground, no pun intended, we would hear about a lot of uh, natural tragedies and terrible uh, things that are occurring everywhere, whether it's an outbreak of disease, that would be all perennials. The world is definitely has it needs to be needs to be fixed. The world is not shattered to a point that it can't be restored. But we all know about the the, the breaks, and and this one, of course, is terrible by the amount of human lives that it took in in, in such a short amount of time. One could say the same thing as we approach the third anniversary of COVID. That's not Peronius, the amount of people who died uh, because of this. So we, we've talked about it, that a silver lining of an earthquake that occurred in 1570. So this was an earthquake that goes way back. But it was the earthquake in Ferrara that also took lives, Jew and non-Jew. Jews, of course, lived in Italy in the 16th century and earlier in, in a relative state of freedom, despite the fact that there were ghettos that limited their social interaction with their Christian neighbors. Um, Italy was a, an incredible, uh, fertile place for uh, for writing, for Machshava, for Kabbalah. One of the most interesting and important writers of that period was Rebazario de Rossi uh, from Mantua, who was living in Ferrara and had his home destroyed. Uh, and as he was sifting through the rubble, um, uh, thinking about why he went back to this Gemara and he was approached by a Christian friend, a Christian friend uh, who asked him about the, uh, if, if there's a translation of the hagiographic uh, letter of Aristeus. It, it's found in this Pharmachitzonim. And we know what that is. That's sort of like the backstory of the, what we call the Septuagint, of how uh, the 70 how the 70 Talmud HaChachamim were able to translate the Torah. But the Geras Aristeus is really sort of a fuller picture, which is which many people say is is a forgery. It didn't, it didn't really happen from that time. But anyway, um, as he was picking through the rubble, he was inspired, first of all, of course, by the friendship that the Christians showed him. And he was inspired to commit himself to, as he was putting back 
the pieces of his life together to actually write a Hebrew translation of Igeris Aristeus, because from the Latin. And he, he prefaced it with a wonderful um, introduction about all the Makairis of earthquakes and all the Sebas, the Gemaras and Brachas, the Psukim. Um, it's, it's, it's only about 26 pages. It, it has, and, and, and clearly, uh, he deals with Scharva Onish, he deals with the various Shittas. And then, once he was got into writing, he decided to write the, the Imre Bina, which is really, in a way, the stuff that got him in trouble. And that's where modern Haskalah literature really began. Because what Dirasi did was he he decided to is point to the one his, the Maral wrote against. Yes, he is the one that the Maral wrote the Be'er Hagoyla well, against. What specific practice did he write against him now? So he wrote the Be'er Hagoyla. The Be'er Hagoyla, Dirasi's basic theory was that there are places in the Agadic portion of Chazal that cannot be aligned with modern science and modern understanding, and that the Agadita in general does not represent Torah Shabalpeh in its holy aspect. There are parts of the Gemara which he says we must assume are speculative conversations and the best that they could do at the time. And therefore, instead of... Not just the medical parts, so the scientific part. Right. There, and, and, he, and he has numbers of proofs. The guzmos, the, the wrong geography. And basically, as a Renaissance person, he was armed with an incredible amount of knowledge, an incredible amount of pseudo-knowledge and pseudo-scientific knowledge, and he put it down. And of course, this was a work that was banned. Rabbonim came out against it, um, similar to... Um, the making of a godel, there was a, a rabbinic outcry, and he said, okay, I'm going to re-release the book, and I'm going to fix up, I'm going to do the tikkunim, like the newest one, the Pshuta Shal Mikra, but, but de Rossi's book was beloved, despite the fact that it was, uh, the Chayrim was heaped upon it, and the Beis Yosef himself, uh, based on his Talmidim, uh, felt that the Sefer should not be found in any Beis Yisrael, we find the Sefer Nitziv quotes it in his parish on the Sifrei. The Rashash quotes it many, many times. Uh, it is the Yavitz the, the in his youth, of course, wanted to um, uh, ban the book. Of course, I'm sure he read it from cover to cover. There's no question about it to me, right? And Besayf Yom of the Yavitz felt, he says, it still is a book that needs to be read. Uh, it was translated um, about 20-something years ago by Joanna Weinberg, I believe, uh, The Light of the Eyes. Uh, a wonderful essay appeared in the New Republic in English. I think you can still find it online, which gives you a lot of the background of this incredible work. So when I think earthquakes, I think about the bracha that the Ferrara earthquake gave, because it inspired de Rossi to really get into writing. And it, he began with a hook. You know, um, Tolkien was once asked, where did he uh, get the idea of Middle Earth and the whole incredibly complex fantasy world that has entranced so many millions. Uh, and he said, well, I was sitting under a tree and I dozed off. And in my dream, some small creature came and tapped me on the shoulder. And I, I, in my dream, I said, who are you? And he said, I'm a hobbit. And everything else flowed from there. So the earthquake in Ferrara, whatever the Ritzainus of the Kaddish Baruch was, the Scharva Einish, the messages, but it resulted in 
a, 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 a even if you just want to say it's Mori Nine versus Maral, and I gave such a class when I was in Skokie. I actually we read passages from the Morinayim and we did the passages of the Maral, and it was an incredible uh, back and forth to to see the Maral. Uh, record that. Do it again. Record it. Okay, maybe we will. Maybe you'll steal the idea from me and start doing the uh, the Shira Maral. No, this is a, but, I don't steal stuff from you. Okay. I, I give you permission to steal. But the point is, is that, yes, so if anybody out there, including Rabbi Hoffman, wants to, yes, to look, the Morey Nayim Zagdama is a great place to start about earthquakes, why? And then, I guarantee you, you will get lost in the thicket of stuff that he throws in there. Whether it's the Gemaras and Gitan, whether it's uh, other things, you will get, you, and it's written in a rich wonderful rabbinic Hebrew style. And you can also, once you've, once you've got the Morinayim in your kishkas, you will find the Morinayim's fingerprints all over the, the, the later rabbinic literature. Uh, even in the Mogan Avram, in uh, Simon Reish Peidalid, actually takes to uh, the Morinayim, despite the Haramim. The deaths that occurred on the slave ships bringing human cattle to America were horrible. The the families that were destroyed, the destruction of life, the the destruction of human liberty needs to be, uh, it needs to be in no way justified. And that even means the Jim Crow laws and other forms of prejudice that I was witness to growing up as a boy in the South. On the other hand, there's a difference between immediate mourning and sympathy and understanding. The mourning of pain that we need to see these images of the immediate deaths of those who have died in Turkey means it's an art hove. It's an art time. I'll ask you, the, 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 the earthquake in 1923 in Tokyo that took close to 100,000 lives, should we, should we now presently mourn them as well? Obviously, we live in this time. We should keep um, the, um, like the earthquake in Sfas. The Chazim Sleper said, amazing, you know, yes. there was a message. Yes, yes. the message the was, message. the message what? was that there was an abandonment of Yerushalayim for the sake of a better place. And that was a message. Right. You're right. You need and a better- I don't know. If May, you know, I'm sorry for what he would have said about Mayron, the tragedy of Mayron. And I don't know why nobody invoked the Chasim Sofer. I just learned about this Chasim Sofer relatively recently. Right. Again, there's a difference between stupidity and human stampeding, and when the Rabbani Shalom sends the Kol Alikim. Maybe, and, but the first thing to say, I mean, isn't that blatant that Mayron, people are forsaking the Kaiso to go to Mayron? Yeah, look, obviously we said so people, it. People, there are certain things. I'm not saying, again, I, who am I to say? But I just like, if we're trying to be mefashish b'maisa, we should remember what things were said about earthquakes, even hundreds of years but, ago. But the time of being mefashish, but im royim, and again, I go back to Chazal, real, true reading of Chazal, not just, you know, trying to adapt in some facile way. Im royim odam sheyisurim boyin alav. It's happening now. 
Avadim Mafashvish. But but there is again so little to be gained by rehashing the past. I'd love to tell people about about the, the earthquake in Sfas. And it's great. What do you mean still to be gained? Well, I understand. I just gave you a thing, a message. Maybe the people shouldn't go to Uman because they should be going to Shalim instead. It's so it's very contemporary. Right. Yes, I agree. We need to remember that to say, let's not be, let's not abandon Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim remains the heart and soul of Klal Yisrael. Miskadoshim in Eretz Yisrael leading to Yerushalayim and the Mokam Mikdosh as the first parak in Kalim teaches us. Yes, no question about it. We cannot forget that. But the there's a difference between remembering that lesson and saying, and you, you also don't love Yerushalayim. And you also, do, do we? We don't. Right? Yes, our ancestors might have been punished, but that's not us. And we have to realize that that was a message for us to love Yerushalayim. And I think getting back to our first topic, the the white school children need to be said, you realize that you're not like your great great grandfather, right? No, I'm not. What what again? What say don't be like. Don't be like, but but don't. But you, what what they are trying to teach is that you've got it in you, and it's a poison that, uh, that no, can't. It's a darkest which is very, very dangerous for the teachers, and therefore they are going to be uh, very overcautious in what they teach, and that is a big problem. My friends, we we we, we wish you a wonderful. Uh, we're both trying to get the last word, and you can have last word. Go ahead. Okay, you know what? Why don't you do this? All right, a one. Okay, I'll say my thing, Rabbi Say. We wish you a wonderful Rosh uh, as we go into, as we call the uh, the seventh inning stretch of our season. Because you know, in the in the years past, we have of course brought we always had our last episode right before Pesach. So the the next, I think our next three shows, our next this is going to be our our final shows for this season. So go ahead, you can you can you can uh, do the send off if you want. Rabbi Sai. I hope you enjoyed this uh, this segment of Lichsta Daraisa, which had the uh, I think the uh, adequate amount of Rizka to make everybody everybody happy. And uh, you should know that we enjoy being martiach each other, and that's part and parcel of the know of the program. That's Vahe Basufa. Now I know why. Actually, we'll get there. Okay. All right. Now I know why I should close every program. Okay. We'll catch you again, Mitzvah, next week. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.